HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Fairway Market. Whether you are cooking for one or for a crowd, Fairway Market literally has everything you need for a fantastic meal. But if you don't feel like cooking, no worries. They cater. Check out fairwaymarket.com for more information. And be sure to check the new blog, On Our Plate, for weekly specials, health tips, and recipes. Hi, Darina. Hello, Severine. How are you? Very well. How are you? Good. <laughs> so we're here today on Greenhorns Radio, and we're talking with the legend of Irish cooking, Darina Allen, who knows a lot about teaching young people important skills in farming and runs a program in County Cork of Ireland called Valley Maloo. Darina, what's going on right now with your season? Do you already have peas? Pardon me? Sorry, I missed that bit. Sorry? Do, do you already have peas in the kitchen? Uh, we do. We have, well, in the, in the greenhouses, but we use our greenhouses like a protected garden, and we had the first of our peas last week. The grandchildren were running up and down the rows and eating them and in a, a high state of excitement. And also, we also have uh, broad beans, which I think you call fava beans over your way. And uh, uh, also the first of the beets as well, and the first of the zucchini and the zucchini flowers. So it's just a really exciting time of the year. So the Irish, the Irish climate is a little bit warmer than the English climate, which gives you some advantage. Will you tell a little bit of the history of the Ballymaloo uh, in the short version and how you had to adapt in the, to be uh, forward-looking? Well, now, Ballymaloo um, is uh, down on the south coast of Ireland, east of Cork City, and uh, it mean, the actual name means the town's land of sweet honey. So there's been uh, these place names entered into the language over 2,000 years ago, so they would always have... Uh, uh, you know, it would have the the name of the place would have um, been something about an attribute of the place. So obviously, there was very good honey always made in this place. And uh, but anyway, we live in the middle of an organic farm. We're very close to the sea, and we have a farm 100 acres uh, of land with um, an acre of greenhouses. So and then we have a cooking school in the middle of this organic farm. So we um, use the cooking school obviously as an indoor classroom to teach people how to cook. And we use the farm and the gardens as an outdoor classroom so that the students who come here to learn how to cook are totally connected to how the food is produced, where it comes from. We have some hens and we have three Jersey cows 
and we milk them every day and then the students um, can learn how to milk a cow if they want to and it's actually extracurricular but every one of them want to do it and then they learn how to separate the milk from the cream we have a, a electric separator and then they make butter every day with the cream and we make a yogurt uh, twice a week and cheese about twice a week as well so and then we also have some pigs so they learn butchery and all of that for those who want to do it and then of course we grow a ton of different vegetables and fruit and everything we've got a very good growing climate uh, a long growing season very fertile soil and we've got no shortage of water over here plenty of nice soft rain so really in in all of the research that i did on the internet when i was interested to learn about farm-based cooking and possibly running a combination of restaurant and farm or some kind of institution of any well of any combination of those things the place I found was you, because it turns out that Ballymaloo is the best place to learn how to cook what grows on an organic farm. <laughs> well, and tell us, do you have other uh, Americans coming to your school, just like oh, well, you yes. when I was there? Uh, well, at the moment, there are 13 different nationalities here, and that's not unusual. And we, as you know, do, uh, we operate the whole year round. We do three um, three-month certificate courses, very intensive courses for people who want to learn the skills to earn their living from their cooking, and then we do lots of day courses, weekend courses, and a whole series of what we call forgotten skills courses as well. And those courses would be, you know, how to cure a, a butchery course or how to cure a pig in a day, how to build a smoker and smoke your own food, how to keep chickens in your garden, how to make butter, cheese and yogurt, etc. But on the 12-week course, which is really a lot of people come, you know, who want to be chef, or uh, who really want to cook really very well. Um, they, on the first day, the first thing we do is we introduce them to the gardeners and the farm manager, and we say, these are the people who are growing and producing a lot of the food that you're going to be cooking with over the next 12 weeks. And, you know, it takes Eileen or Holly there. It takes them 12 or 14 weeks to grow those beautiful beets or carrots, and don't you dare boil the hell out of it when you get it into the kitchen. And uh, so because we have to shock people, um, out of thinking that food is just something that comes wrapped in plastic off a supermarket shelf. We need them to think about how the food is produced, where it comes from, and the seed and the breed and about animal welfare and everything. So the first thing we do then is we walk down through the farm and gardens and we show the students how to um, sow a seed and then we give each one of them a little plant and they plant that into the ground with their, a lollipop stick with their name on it and they can watch that growing for the next 12 weeks. And that's, I don't know of any better way to give people a respect for food than to show them how to sow a seed and for them to look after it and wait for it to grow into something they can eat. And suddenly they realize how long it takes to produce food and the reality of nature. And they never again complain about the price of food because they realize how much effort goes into it. Um, and the people who really complain about food and the price of it are people who've never, ever sown a seed or looked after an animal or cared for anything. And they're completely detached from the reality of nature. But more and more people now are beginning to grow things again. And when I was in New York there uh, some time ago, people were talking about having chickens in their backyard, having the bees on their roof. So there's such a lot going on over in your part of the world. And Brooklyn is such a, a wonderful, energetic, um, enterprising, entrepreneurial part of the world, really. Well, and there's lots of us who are interested 
lots of us who are interested in combining our love of the of the, of the farming world and the love of the kitchen and are feverishly clamoring to learn these skills which you've been teaching now for well quite a few years and yes. and you just also have noticed this increase in interest and the almost desperate timing that we're interested to learn but all of our grandmothers are getting quite old. Will you talk about your Forgotten Skills project and why you undertook it? Uh, Well, basically, sadly, there are several of what uh, people have described to me themselves as um, the lost generations, the generations who that two and in some cases three generations who've now never seen their mothers cook in the kitchen because, you know, both partners are working. And they also, I mean, I was at boarding school. I'm now 64 years of age, so I was at boarding school when I was in the 60s, early 60s. And even at that stage, the lovely Dominican nuns who educated me were encouraging us girls to go and have a proper career, you know, to do the sciences or uh, architecture or be a medicine or something like that. But And the whole subliminal message was, well, you know, why would you want to learn how to cook or grow something? You're never going to need that. So, you know, they they undermined in many people's um, consciousness uh, the importance of life skills and practical skills to the, de- you know, in, in other words, everybody was encouraged to do something that was totally academic. Uh, as a result, uh, those skills were looked on as skills of lesser value, which is a great mistake because in life we need both types of skills. You know, we have to eat every day and to eat good food and nourish ourselves, um, we need to eat wholesome nourishing food and wholesome nourishing food comes from good ingredients that are grown and produced on really rich beautiful clean fertile soil if you don't have good soil uh, what you call in america dirt um, really living uh, rich uh, fertile soil you won't have clean water and you certainly won't have good food and all good food comes from the good earth it comes from good soil and those of us who are organic farmers know that our principal thing to do is to feed and nourish the soil because the healthier the soil is the healthier the plants the healthier the animals the healthier the humans as lady eve balfour uh, said when she had many quotable quotes lady lady eve balfour was one of the founders of the soil association in the uk and she said remember the health of the the soil, the health of the plant, the health of the animal, and the health of the human are all one and indivisible. It's, we're, it's, all, we're all, it's all connected. So we all depend on those four or five inches of topsoil around the world. And we have become so arrogant in imagining that we, you know, we can overcome nature and that we can live without being connecting possibly to, properly to nature. We can't. Nature always wins in the end. And we will only really survive and flourish and be healthy if we work in harmony with nature. So lovely for young people to learn how to grow things. You don't. It's wonderful to have land and, and a farm or whatever to grow on. But even to be, uh, even if you only have a balcony or a window or something, if you have a few containers, some soil or dirt, as you call it, and uh, some seeds and air and and uh, and light and water, you can grow. Uh, starting with radishes or a few little leaves or something, and once you grow something, the magic of that, uh, I think, uh, continues to uh, spur you on to grow more things. And I'm so thrilled that in America there's such a revival of interest. 
and all of you greenhorns and uh, the young um, the young farmers are really um, so passionate about relearning the skills that you've missed out on. Well, so nature comes along and has her wishes, and then there is also the economy. And in Ireland, you have had uh, economic downturn, as we have had here in the United States. And I've recently gotten a bunch of emails from friends of my mother and father and various people in the community whose kids just can't find a job and who, to whom it occurred, well, maybe they should learn some farming skills. Maybe they would do exactly. all right. Yeah. Well, you see, remember, if you can grow something, if you know how to grow something, if you can keep hands, I think that's also important. And if you can cook, you need the three, you need those two skills. You need to be able to grow and you need to be able to cook. If you can grow and cook and, well, if you have a little room to keep a few hands, it doesn't matter what happens to the economy, at least you can eat and look after yourself. Uh, and that, that's really important. It's really important to be able to cook as well uh, because it's, you know, it's fantastic to be able to grow and to have good produce, but then you must know how to turn it into something delicious and uh, to eat as well. So those two skills are really important to stop and spend time learning. And we, uh, we didn't mention the book, Jarena, the book that you wrote that will be a, re- a resource to those who are engaged. In oh, yes. Well, the, the, um, the, the particular, the book that I think you're referring to, Severine, is the Forgotten Skills book, which was published by Kyle Books in the U.S. It's uh, been, you know, it's, I don't know how many times it's been reprinted at this stage. And this is, this book uh, has, you know, it's, it's got a lot of, what are either almost forgotten or forgotten skills, everything from how to forage in the wild and, and to, you know, to be able to recognize wonderful uh, f- uh, foods in the wild that are delicious to eat and nutritious and nourishing, uh, which, of course, has all become very trendy now with a lot of the chefs are incorporating wild foods into their menus again. But every, uh, that and uh, everything from how to make butter and cheese and yogurt, how to fillet a fish, how to even make some pastry in line of flan ring, how to, oh, my goodness, how to make cordial deals and uh, uh, all, all kinds of uh, things, how to keep chickens in your garden, and on and on and on. I haven't got the book in front of me now, so I can't remember all the things, but I do know that it's, and uh, it was actually shortlisted for an IACP award in the US, and it won the Andrew Simon over here, it won the Book of the Year in Ireland. It's very interesting that a book on forgotten skills actually is, um, you know, is being so sought after and welcomed at this time. I suppose it's not surprising in a way, but because there is a deep craving to reconnect with um, the land and with real things and with uh, good and, um, and pure and nourishing food. And uh, so I suppose it's not surprising that uh, it has been so well received. So if we wanted to suggest to some people that they are, who are interested in learning those skills, either in person or in the book, they can find it, Forgotten Skills. Uh, and yes, Sally they can Lou find it in, uh, well, certainly you can get it on, uh, on Amazon anyway, but in some of the good bookshops you can find it as well, yeah. And But then tell us also, because one thing that many of us are starting to envision as we think about our careers in agriculture, we think about how the role of family and, and how the choices we make with our husbands and, and the jobs that we make for our cousins and the things that we do together will all interlock. Maybe you could just explain a little bit the number of jobs and the diversity of activities that the Allen family is engaged with because it's um, 
very impressive and had impressed enough people, <laughs> well, enough to, to, to mimic you a lot of different places. So maybe uh, well, you speak <laughs> on that a little? Uh, well, yes. Well, basically, the uh, the mother house, so to speak, Ballymaloo House, uh, was uh, my uh, my husband's family home, and his mother, uh, Myrtle Allen, is still alive. My father-in-law, sadly, Ivan Allen, sadly died, died a few years ago. But that was a big, uh, great big country house in the middle of a 400-acre farm, and they grew a lot uh, of you know wonderful foods, and they had a two-acre walled garden, and then they started a, um, a restaurant and a country house hotel there in the 1960s, which is famous all over the world, Ballymaloo House, for its food and so on. And it was the first country house hotel in the British Isles. But out of that has grown the Ballymaloo Cookery School, which we operate. Our gardens are also open to the public and the farm as well. One, another of my sister-in-laws makes uh, Ballymaloo Country Relish, which is now, by the way, uh, also available in the U.S., and uh, absolutely delicious in places like Dean DeLuca, but also in lots of other shops as well. It's sold all over the world now. And then there are uh, several other members, lots of other members of the family are involved in um, doing um, Ted and Roisin do wildlife catering. Uh, and that's, you know, they take two, I think what you call in America, hog roasts and yeah, for weddings and all kinds of things like that. Many of my son-in-law, Rupert, is involved is running farmer's markets. Uh, another son-in-law does Saturday pizzas. Uh, then another one uh, does uh, soups and ready meals, but really good quality produce. They won Entrepreneur of the Year and so on. So all of the... Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. The ready meals. Explain the ready meals. We don't know what that is in America. Well, basically, this is when you go into a shop or supermarket and you buy homemade soups, or uh, at least you buy soups that you know you can bring home and just heat up, or pies, or tarts, or um, little stews, or something like that. And they have they they make these soups that are so good. They're made of really good produce, and they have taken over 45% of the supermarket in Ireland uh, in just less than three years because they taste so good and homemade and it just made it's again it's the same story they just made it really good produce and that's they're called Cully and Sully and by the way they've just been in the post have been taken over by an American organic American company and I've forgot, actually hopelessly forgotten the name of it now but uh, but it's been a tremendous success so they do that uh, but and then another one of my son-in-laws does um, uh, you know teaches butchery and does teaches forgotten skills courses here at school so there's lots of uh, opportunities for people through food and through food tourism and all of my children and my grandchildren <laughs> are living within a few miles of us and they all are making their living uh, through food and in, in different directions but we live just to tell your listeners we live absolutely out in the country we are 25 or 30 miles outside Cork City out in a country area close to the sea uh, but yes there are lots and lots of opportunities to um, you know, earn your money, earn your living through food, and um, then my another of my uh, sons is married to Rachel Allen, who's some her television programs, cooking programs have probably have, have been shown in the U.S. and are still are, and she has done. I think she's the moment she's filming her seventh cooking uh, television uh, cooking series, and she's had seven or eight absolutely best-selling cookbooks. So there's lots of different ways to earn a living if you can cook and if you can grow. And if you can write and if you can smile, then you're even better off. So <laughs> Absolutely. And sit down, sit down around the table with family and friends. And 
So Jarena has been inspiring people for many, many years, and, and myself included, and there are many of us uh, dawdling around the world uh, with the skills she taught us. So if you want to join them, go and, go and find her. All the information is just on the click on the website. We'll be making seltzer this coming week, oh, next week, at the Clearwater Festival, making tarragon and elderflower uh, seltzer drinks. And something cool, oh, yeah. so you'd be proud. Good. So also, if people are in the area, Severine, we uh, we have cooking afternoon cookie demonstrations every day, particularly during the weekdays, so you're very welcome. You don't have to come for three months or for even two and a half or days or a week. You can just come in for an afternoon and the gardens are open to the public. So if anybody's in Ireland and coming to visit us, do, do come and visit us at the Ballymaloo Cookery School, and it's cookingisfun.ie, and you'll find out what we're doing on the day. So thank you, everyone, for another wonderful show. Thank you, Darina, for joining. And do check out the new Greenhorns website. We've got all the events listed there and all the free publications, and our new book is out, and our new movie is out for home DVD, and it's just like go, go, go. Fantastic. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.